now. Welcome back to uh, the Caddyshack podcast. This is episode seven. I'm going to run out of fingers. Um, after a long hiatus, so apologize. It's taken us so long to get back into things. But as you can guess, we've been busy. So with that being said, I think in the past we've covered all this. If you missed any previous episode, go back and check it out. If you like the episode, you know, track us, follow us. We'll do this on a more regular basis. Uh, but that being said, like a lot of time has passed. Like I'm sure there's some new news, some stuff's happened, been a bunch of good things, a bunch of bad things. Barless, maybe just I'll pass the ball to you first. Uh, you know, what what's new? What's top of mind from the last time we recorded to now? Um, kind of uh, headlines. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. So a uh, couple of things. We've done some amazing events, got some amazing traction uh, since last time we did an event. Uh, I mean, last time we did one of these recordings, we've done uh, a concert with Warren G and Tone Loke in Anaheim, uh, got to hang out with them. Uh, and then we just recently got done with the New York Summit, where we did a uh, an event in uh, Times Square. We brought a opera singer to Times Square for the masses with Dinah Trace and we did an event in the top floor of the uh, Moxie Hotel for Cloud Wars. Got people dressed up as, uh, you know, Darth Vader and Stormtroopers to get in. And we also had the same opera singer dress up as Darth Vader and sing on the top floor with the Empire State Building behind him. Got uh, put on to German TV. Uh, and that was really nice. And uh, the next things that are going to be coming up that everyone needs to watch out for is... We're doing a boat series for AWS essays uh, coming up in San Francisco, uh, September, uh, right around the time of the Rolex, a big boat regatta that's going to be happening. Some really beautiful boats going by and we've uh, we've got a, a three story yacht that's going to be watching that from the water. So that's nice. And then, of course, reinvent uh, with uh, what we call Femina Tech, and that's going to be women in IT with a lot of uh, awards and money going to be given out to uh, women to highlight the wonderfulness of women. Uh, also, please make sure to uh, catch us on Caddyshack for uh, training of uh, CADs and SAs that, uh, or sales folks that we're going to be pushing out in Q4. So that's all the news that we've got. Let's talk about our new guest. Cool. So with that being said, uh, Brett's not with us today, but we brought on a new guest. And so for the future format of this, we've talked about like the three C's that people know about building your, your partnership that lends with AWS, co-build, co-sell, co-market. And, you know, for our context is like, what better way to apply this to other Caddyshack members and other folks that are in the network that are starting to apply this themselves. And they're at different stages of their journey. And so with that, uh, we've got Jesus with us today from Prosper Ops. So, um, yeah, we'll get into it. But uh, actually, since Barla said it, like, yeah, look at that. I can't see it. But, yeah, look oh. at me hanging out with Tone Loke. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> but Jose, hey, Jesus, welcome to the show. Give us a quick intro. Tell us a little yeah. bit about, you know, your your journey as an alliance director and how you got to this point now. And then I think we'll just riff and talk about some of the stuff that we've been talking about on the show, but now through a different lens and a different perspective. Absolutely. No, and, and thanks for having me on. So Jesus Alvarado, uh, really happy to be here on the podcast. Uh, I've been with Prosper Ops now a little bit over a year. Uh, and then in what is called FinOps, I've been in this space for about two and a half years now. Um, originally kind of came from a cybersecurity background. So a little bit closer to, to what you do on a day-to-day -day stuff, Michael. 
Um, I had the opportunity there to work with Brett. So oh, a lot of the stuff that I know uh, <laughs> comes through uh, long conversations with Brett, figuring out how we make the traditional channel work with AWS, because I think that was one of the biggest shockers for me was how different how different it is to work in the channel, but then how how that has nothing to do with working with AWS, right? Wait, so when you, So when you worked with Brett, you were managing the channel side of the business or were you managing the AWS side of the business? Yep. I was managing the purely channel side of the business. So working okay. with MSPs, SI, yep. system integrators, uh, global, regional ones. And, you know, I, I was good at it. I did a good job there. And then uh, one one day I was told, hey, you're going to start working with AWS in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic. So, you know, go at it. And very quickly realized that had nothing to do with what I knew working in the channel. And uh, and Brett was such a great resource at Alert Logic, just training me, helping me understand what AWS cared about, right? What the account managers cared about, what the ISMs cared about, what the PSMs cared about, what every acronym that you came across on AWS cared about. So uh, for me, there was a lot of writing down in books, having to understand the way that the world work within um, AWS and, and, you know, I feel like I still do that today. Right. So I think this will be my seventh year, sixth year working with AWS in one way or another. And I feel like I still knew, you know, learn new things every single day. That's cool. And what was funny is you mentioned the language and I think it's a different language. I don't know, Babel or Duolingo should probably put Amazonian as a, as a new language on their platform, Absolutely. but for sure. Like and, and the magic, you you know the four letter acronym that bridges the channel partners with AWS with the ISV, and so um, you know I'm sure that's where immediately a lot of the gravity and kind of like how do we get these two functions together? What's the forcing function around deals yep. and opportunities? But I think we'll dig into that later. Um, so replaying this, you are now. CAD one of one at Prosper Ops, you're responsible for just AWS or everything kind of channel related or yeah. you know third so party related. I am a hundred percent AWS alliances globally. So everything we're yeah. doing with AWS in one fashion or another, I'm aligned with. Um, I luck get lucky here because we're only focused on AWS. So we're not doing this with any other cloud. So I can really put my focus there. But we're also making sure that any partner, strategic partner that we work with today that has a strong focus with growth on AWS, um, that we have some strategic alliances with them so that we can, you know, have better results with that four letter uh, word that yeah. you're talking about. Uh, because it is it is a huge game changer um, and it really kind of helps to, you know, move along conversations and deals with, um, you know, all three parties. Well, let me, let me ask you a question real fast. So how long have you been with Prosper Ops? Uh, it was a year, July 31st. A year, so, July 31st. Yep. And what do you really think about Stephen Hayes? He is a, he's, <laughs> he's a very, yeah, very... It's okay. It's okay. Leader. It's okay. He's, he's a very good leader. Cool. Um, I love the fact that he doesn't micromanage. So he says like, hey, here's the objectives. Go knock them out. Go figure them out. Uh, we were on a call a few weeks ago and he was like, man, you're such a like utility knife. Like you figure out stuff that... I don't think I ever told you to figure out, right? So um, it's good that he gives me that liberty. And I think I work better in, in that type of environment. 
Um, so it's been great. It's been a great year and a half. And he also has, you know, he's also a DJ. So he has some music on Spotify. So no. you should him up. Yeah. Oh, oh this is going to be awesome. All right. So let me ask you this yeah. question. We, we find out that you're a cad. You've been doing this for a year and a half. Can you give us a little bit of background, just a, a little elevator pitch on ProsperOps itself, just so we're all level set? Like, I know what ProsperOps is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half the world should know what it is. But, like, you tell me what, what it is so people listening all know before we get to you. Know, and, I, and I think there's there's an interesting piece to, like, who ProsperOps is and, and kind of the work we've been able to do since I've come on. Barless and been part of Caddyshack, awesome group, right, and been able to leverage you guys. So what I'll start with is, is ProsperOps was built and started in 2018. It was originally founded, and the founders today still all came from a big system integrator that worked with AWS. So they had used a lot of the RI brokers, um, a lot of the commit management tools out there, and could never get the result they wanted to when they were at this company. Um, and the answer was always, well, throw more people at it, and maybe somebody can figure it out. So when they left, they really thought and the process of, of, of kind of moving forward was, you know, I think we could solve this with math. So they did exactly that. They built an algorithm. They had a deep understanding of AWS, AWS API, AWS serverless. So they built the environment and then ProsperOps was kind of born out of that. So they started helping customers manage high, high amounts of commit instruments and allow them to be completely hands-off. So ProsperOps today handles really the same thing we did at the beginning, but we're handling all the way from the beginning of a purchase of a commit instrument. So something like a compute savings plan or a convertible reserved instance or a standard reserved instance, we manage buying all that for the customers on their behalf in their own account. And then we manage how they're allocated throughout their environment so that they get really, really high ROI on all of their compute. And then we've got a, a little metering system that's called effective savings rate that allows customers to check that work if they wanted to every day and making sure that they're actually getting the savings that they were promised on day one. And that's a set it and forget it, right? It is a set it and forget it. So it's fully autonomous. Um, you know, I finally, I, I joke around a lot with friends in the industry and and say like, we all say that, that there's a, uh, little bot running on the back end and there's autonomy going, but you know, I can really say that that's what we do at the end of the day, right? ProsperOps really does have an algorithm running with a bot with some machine learning and AI that's producing all of these outcomes for customers um, as small as, you know, 16, $1,800 a month on compute. And I think our biggest ones right now are just, just North of $23 million a month. Wow. That's uh, amazing. So I smell, a little competitive differentiation, even when you say that. So like, let's apply this. And now you get to this company, you're the first boots on the ground, building this partnership with AWS. We all knew the textbook is like co-sell, co-build marketplace. Yes. Like there's all these things you have to do as part of the APN, the Amazon partner network. But the first thing is if I'm going to go talk to anyone about anything, I kind of have to look inwards and figure that out. So Barless calls this and a lot of do the superpower. It's that like, what do we do? What do we do as it pertains to AWS? Sometimes we talk about drag, what services yep. does it pull along? So I'm sure you had to go through that exercise, you know, maybe so others can understand like what, 
what, what is your superpower? Now you've probably refined it and crafted it, but like now when you're communicating with a seller at AWS or your PDM, how do you describe your superpower in their language that resonates with them? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think the the superpower for us has, has really turned. And, and it's funny you say, Michael, like how it's changed iteration, like month over month, almost when I first got here, the superpower was like, Hey, we're going to help your customers create more savings on their compute. That didn't resonate really well across different account managers, different people in the teams. So really quickly, I started pulling some data, looking at how our accounts grow when they use Prosper Ops, how customers interact with us, if they're stickier with AWS, things like that. So our superpower now has really become a better together story. So AWS, they have a huge focus. If, if you just Google, right, they have a huge focus on cost optimization for their customers. Now, cost yeah. optimization has many branches. I tell people in the tree of FinOps, we only focus on one of those branch, but it's a really strong branch and we do a great job at it. So the better together story that we've been doing now and the superpower is we're helping Amazonians not have to worry about telling their customers how to manage commit instruments. They're not having customers mad at the end of the day because they've overcommitted and maybe had a drop in usage, but now AWS can focus on a lot of the engineering optimization that's also important to customers. Things like, you know, moving to newer generation EC2 instances, or um, maybe going from EC2 to container and modernizing how they're doing workloads. So there's so much more stuff that talented, you know, AWS TAMs and solution architects could be focusing on, as opposed to saying, hey, we recommend you buy a million dollars in savings plans. And I think that's the better together story is we're really trying to become like a bench for the team to be able to like, hey, yep. Bob, you know, hey, coach, put them in, let them figure this yep. out. And then, you know, they do the rest of the work. I think you had some metrics. So you probably rounded out with like proof points or like where we've done this before without keeping, you know, anima an anonymously. Like I know if you're yeah. talking to someone, you may say this account because you're talking to someone that it relates to, but then you guys tied it up into like what those savings are. How has it helped them? And probably... That's what other right. services or how you've seen this, you know, yep. the outputs, the outcomes. We've well, shown them that. both, you know, that we've had. So on average, accounts at ProsperOps have grown 14 to 15% quarter over yep. quarter, right? Which is really great, especially with down, you know, downscale of usage that we've seen technically in the industry these last 18 months. Um, yep. But there, there is a, you know, I don't know if it's like a psychological effect or, you know, a business effect of the fact that you see that you're just getting better costs on everything that you're doing with a service. So it kind of makes you want to go spend more and do other things because now that, that ROI is much better than it was six months ago. Yeah. And I'm leading you to a place. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, just to touch on that point, uh, AWS has also told us um, that every SI has to have a cost optimization uh, component on it to get AWS's attention. It's not a MBO as of yet, but at the beginning of this year, uh, they were told that if their focus has a cost optimization built into their SI, they'll have a lot more attention or market share of time from AWS sales folks. Um, so I think that's that's really awesome where you guys are at. How's that working out for you? It's uh, it's been great. Let's let's just say there's there's two of us right now on the channel. Um, and now they're hiring another two people just because it's it's been a little bit harder to keep up with uh, all of the partners, you know, wanting to collaborate. Sorry, Michael, you were going to lead so, us down a different way? No, no, no. Down the same way, but 
you know, you're, you're already there as your superpower is that better together. Amazon's leadership principles with their customers starts with number one, which is like the customer obsession and working backwards. So many ways, it seems counterintuitive that AWS is trying to help their customers cost optimize. And then you're attaching to that value driver for them. But in the end of this, that's just it. They're trying to build trust and long-term trust with their customers. And you become a critical component so that the customer feels comfortable that what they're spending with AWS isn't wasted, right? And I think that's that's exactly that. And that's smart. And we talked a lot about superpower. We've only talked about it kind of in our own context, like what Barlos has done or I've done in the past. So it's nice to hear kind of another that fin ops that fin it's a it's another angle for you as an isb or an si how you start to build this so let's move straight into now you've got this kind of hawk track and you're right it changes all the time because your capabilities change you test it it doesn't work um for you and every business is a little different i found in our business like we're up and down the segmentation like is there a certain segment or a spend threshold like what works for you guys now you're like all right, we got the code cracked on how to talk. Where should you go proactively spend your time? And I think that's the bridge into co-sell, at least yeah. from the AO side and like trying to be strategic. PO side, you know, we all talk about ACE and like that's just, it's kind of the foundation. So like getting into the flywheel of co-sell, what's been your experience? What did you do first? Like, why did you do that? I think that's really valuable for folks to hear. Yeah, yeah. When I first started here, the Coastal was trying to figure out what you're what you were saying right now is like, what vertical is the one that like customers tend to get the biggest value? AWS gets the biggest value. Um, what does that really look like for us? So at the beginning, we were kind of looking throughout the entire, you know, I would say formation, the entire pillar. Um, recently, you know, we've seen internally that our biggest champions are coming from ISV DMD customers, so software vendors. Um, digitally native businesses, you know, people that were born in the cloud and and that have a spend, you know, north of fifty, sixty thousand dollars a month on compute, they tend to be the ones that have like that eureka moment when we jump on a call with them and do a free analysis. Um, and the reason for that is because they're having to deal with these commit instruments every single day and they actually feel the pain behind it. They know the value of it and they know where they're trying to get, but it's one of those like, you know, I'm a short guy, right? Like I can never get to top shelf unless I have some help. And it's like, that's the best example is like we come in and we really show them the superpower, if we're talking that way, that AWS has built into convertible exchangeable RIs if you can automate them. And, you know, when we have that discussion with ISVs and DMBs that are engaged, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really good experience. They be, quickly become champions. They start referring their friends. Um, so right now that's where we're focused is like ISV, DMB engaged. Cool. And then um, like keeping moving that for your year, are you tracking, like what metrics are you tracking? What, you know, is it, I, I won't lead you there, but like what's been important to just kind of in that co-sell bucket, what what's important for you guys and what do you keep shoving in and pull, pushing and pulling to kind of keep, to measure yourself against your objectives. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, so we're really trying to make it super simple, right? And we're trying to measure across revenue. So if we can do that as a yeah. business, it's really simple. We don't have to worry about all these other KPIs. Um, and and the way that we're doing 
an active on you know, work on our end, I would say, is we're really doing a hard job on our end, reaching out to these larger ISVs, DMB customers to have them become POs, right? Because we want to get in front of these account managers. We want to show them that we're working hard to get in front of their accounts. So if we can get in front of one of their accounts, maybe they can show us or introduce us to the other one or make us part of the team and introduce us to the broader group with their direct manager. Um, but I think that's the motion. We're trying to keep it pretty simple right now, just so that, um, you know, we're not kind of pulling each other in, in different ways. Uh, Barless, anything around CoSell, something that caught your attention or you wanted to dig in from your experiences? Yeah. And this is going to be a little bit of a painful question. Um, so we, when, when we first, uh, when we first started talking, um, when Stephen Hayes was limping along at, uh, at Prosper Hops before you came and saved him, um, when, when that was going on, uh, we had talked with, with you guys about how, uh, the beginning of the year is an awesome time for AWS sales teams to be able to bring you guys in. All right. You're going to cut, cut some costs. Great. And then by the end of the year, I have time to fill, fill yes. that in so that that's not going to be a problem. And being coming from AWS as a salesperson, and I had $29 million in quota, uh, myself for the year. And then having a company like you that came in and, uh, cut $2 million out meant that not only did I have to find that $2 million that was spent last year, but then I also had to grow that by an additional $1 million because I had uh, 50%. So every every dollar that you save a customer, an AWS salesperson has to come back with a dollar, uh, fifty somewhere right. else. And that's a lot harder to do at the end of the year than it is at the beginning of the year. So, and like I said, this is a painful question because, you know, it, it's just the way it is. Have you guys come up with a solution for that answer? Yeah. So, so I think that's where like the strong partnerships we've built really help out um, because a lot of the SIs, the MSPs, the technology partners that we have are still helping their customers stay focused on optimization because at the end of the day, they all have goals and expectations that they want to try and meet in 2024. So like, how do we help them create budget? You know, how do we help them create a better ROI on AWS today so that they can meet those expectations in the future. So we are getting a lot, you know, a lot of our business is still kind of flowing that way, I would say through partners and channel. Um, and surprisingly, I would say though, AWS, you know, there's been great conversations with like the cloud, the cloud optics team. So the optics team on AWS, um, and they're still hyper-focused on optimization for their customers. So we're still getting a lot of conversations, a lot of support from them as well. Um, in that, you know, kind of in that org. Um, but it hasn't, you know, when you and I spoke at the beginning of the year, I really thought H2 was going to be crickets. And I would say, at least from, you know, the account managers that we've talked to and worked with, like they're very much on board to help their customers optimize, which has kind of been, you know, um, a little surprising, right? Because I, I really did think that they were going to be worried about their quota at the end of the year, What's going to happen? Um, and I just don't seem to get that. that uh, That's fantastic. Yeah, that that aspect from them. So it really does feel like they're customer first, right? When we're talking to them. Um, the other great thing is we have data that shows that about after three to four months, 
our customers at Prosper Ops actually get right back to where they were on spend. Oh, with, that's a great metric to have. Yep. And then it starts to exceed it, you know, to, to the point, right, that 14% is actually the aggregate of all our accounts. Uh, but we have some accounts that within 12 months have grown, you know, 4,000% of their AWS. Wow. Accounts. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Good for you guys. Yeah. And can I ask you, can I, can I ask you a question? Um, yes. So you guys, when uh, Stephen Hayes is a wonderful leader. So if anyone's listening and thinking that I'm making fun of him, I'm only making fun of him because he's a very good friend. Um, but along along all this time, you came into to the Prosper Ops organization, and when you came into Caddyshack in the very beginning, um, you kind of were had a really open mind about learning every possible thing you could. You were like a sponge. Anything anyone said, you were like soaking it in online, in person. You came to all the events. You asked a billion questions. And it was just a pleasure to to watch you go from someone who was more of a channel person to becoming a seasoned cat. Like you might not know all the answers, but you know where to find them. So it, it's been awesome. Can you tell us how has AWS recognized this success this year uh, from what you've done over at Prosper Ops? Yeah, yeah. So from the co-marketing thing, like like Michael was mentioning earlier, um, you know, we we started doing a lot of work with AWS and sharing things like our wind wires, you know, making sure that ACE was a little bit neater and, and deals were actually put up, um, you know, and registered. So we were invited into a global, um, kind of like a global startup program with AWS for marketing, um, allowed us some NDF, you know, credits um, and the ability to do a couple of more events, AWS focused. Um, and then that allowed us into another program that was a pipeline builder program. And uh, we, uh, you know, we had a lot of success and actually were awarded uh, the, the, you know, we got the most POs, right. in in that quarter for that velocity pipeline builder program. Um, so it's been great. I so mean, I'll pause you acronym guy. Uh, what's MDF? What's yes. POs just in case. So POs are, are partner opportunities. So opportunities that we prosper ops put into ACE. Everybody wants AOs. So AWS opportunities, the ones that are flowing from the account managers. Uh, and those have been growing as well, which is great. Um, you know, MDF are, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but marketing development. development. Yes, development funds. Um and uh and those are the main ones we have. And then the IPD was the internal pipeline builder program, I believe. Is how AWS. Yeah, but whose name it's is actually on a the, really whose yeah. name is on the Lucite Award? So I got two. I got one with my name, Jesus Alvarado, which is cool. I get to keep that one, uh, and we have another one that says Prosper Ops in it that I will be taking. We to don't Austin. care about that one. Let's talk about Jesus Alvarado's award. Yep. So yeah, for my first nice. year as a cad, you know, I got to win that, and uh, I mean, honestly, a, a lot of the stuff that I did for us to get the opportunities was rinse and repeat stuff that I had done with, with Brad at alert logic, right. Even though we were in a different vertical and doing something completely different than cybersecurity, um, a lot of the same things that, that I had learned, you know, just, just really did play well. So. That's awesome. Well, first, congratulations, right. Cause it's always Yay. awesome to be recognized among your peers. Number two, you know, you encapsulated it at the end, which is there's nothing sexy about co-sell. Like it's a bunch of grinding, 
doing the same thing over. Like I think of Bill Murray and Groundhog's Day of the movie. It's like, yeah, guess what? It's grinding for years and years. The numbers get bigger. Hopefully yes. the team to support it gets bigger, but it's the same stuff over and over again, right? And getting better and better at that, sharpening your sword. Um, MDF was a an agenda to move over to marketing, right? So like you happen to say it, but like one of the other lenses we talk about is co-marketing, right? You mentioned, and I know you've been part of some of the Caddyshack events as a sponsor, and that's a great way to kind of pull your budget, but you know, in this case, marketing development fund is one of the gifts that AWS affords us as partners is they know, and I'll be the first to admit they try, but they're not always the great at generating partner sourced opportunities, right? Or AOs, originated opportunities. However, what they do a lot of times is provide you resources, provide you MDF. So for the audience, I don't think we've gone into it. Like what is MDF? Like how does it work? What have you done with it? And then like, what's the result? And then for me, and probably for you, that then bridges the gap between you're not, you're probably not a marketer. I didn't think you reported to the CMO in your business. So like now you're doing the hard work, which is now you're jumping cross-functional, you're working with multiple teams. I just think I'll, I'll I'll wrap it, but like that story, how's that gone? And at a small company, you being first it's an evolution. So what have you done? What are you doing with it? Where are you going? It's been, so it's been great. Cause to your point, like, I don't think I would have worked with the CMO ever as a channel guy, unless I was like the VP of channel. So, you know, being the director here for alliances, like has allowed me that opportunity to work with Ross. That's the name of our CMO and let him know, Hey, we've got this back of MDF funds. We got to go generate some AWS opportunities. Like, what can we do? And there was give it to Barlas. By the way, you ever you want to make friends with anyone? Bring them a bag of money. Like, hey, yes. this partner just gave me money to go use for marketing. Can you help me out? Right. And, and that was that was the budget thing, right? that's because hard. Yeah. Prosper Ops had been working with AWS for four years now, and we've never gotten that amount of money before. So when we had that give bag, give it to Barlas. Give it to Barlas. Everybody, <laughs> everybody was here. No, right, let's see it. right there. Um. You know, and I think we only did one event with you, Barlas, this this year, which was was the dinner in Dallas for AWS, which was a really great event. Um, and it was a fun time and, and got to meet, you know, some really great people. Um, but we also got to do, you know, videos. We got to do The Cube. We got to do um, a lot of John Meyer productions that you guys have worked with as well. Um, so there was a lot of things that, those credits were able to fund that, you know, maybe we wouldn't have done right prior to that. Um, and it created a ton of lead generation, not necessarily always POs, but a ton of traction. Um, POs wise, I still think we ended, you know, like 80 something within, you know, two months, which you you may or may not know the answer, but why in the world would AWS give you marketing dollars to go out and do stuff like why do you think they do that i think it's because we get to bring in more business i mean if, if i'm looking at the simple answer yeah yeah there's a lot of that like your pipeline becomes your revenue and your revenue because you're built on aws becomes their revenue right yep also the other side of it is you're out there promoting AWS. You're talking about Prosperops, but you're promoting the cloud. You're promoting the benefits of the cloud. You're promoting, and in many ways, like smart move, right? And the way it works, we didn't talk about it, but if I give you a dollar of MDF, 
you have to go match it with your own dollar. That's right. And go spend that. And then there's an expectation, you know, give or take that comes back, but hopefully that generates, you know, $20 in pipeline, right? Or at least $10 in pipeline. And that's a pretty good ROI because now you're right. It's your PO machine. Now you have more of your fun marketing generated opportunities, and then you're going to go send those back into the co-sell. So as we start connecting the dots, you see where you get it because you've asked a lot of questions. You've done stuff with yep. us. Um, you did another event because I saw you in Austin for South by Southwest. So I know you did at least another one. That was fun. That's right. That's the um, other one. Oh, yep. yeah, 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 so, yeah. But I mean, okay, so now you get lists, you get access to AWS sellers, you're getting customers or potential prospects there. Like, what are you guys doing with that stuff? Like, what? What are you doing next? I heard you put put it into co-sell, but is that like is that what you guys are tracking? Is that how the that flywheel's spinning in the marketing, the co-marketing bucket? Yeah, so that's definitely tracked on our our side as well. Like we want to make sure that these POs, when they come in, we want to see how AWS helps out with that co-sell process as well. So, you know, every PO we have is a conversation between our sales team and the account manager. Um, you know, we want to make sure that again, that better together story, we want to make sure that the optimization conversation we have aligns with AWS's as well, especially for some of these larger ISV DMB customers. Um, they're having these conversations already with AWS. So we want to make sure that that we build on each other. Um, so that's really important for the co-sell here. You know, the other thing is everything we do is marketplace at ProsperOps. So one of the things we started to do earlier in the... Uh, in, in kind of our journey, and I'm smiling because this is one of your recommendations, Michael, was we're getting the CA involved, you know, as quickly as possible so that they can help out with, you know, making sure that marketplace is set up correctly, that this customer is knowledgeable, that they know how to buy, um, see if they have any MDF funds themselves they can give us, stuff like that. So, um yeah, it, it's a actually, very- I don't think I ever said that on a podcast because that's one of my secret weapons. Hats off to George Marilakos, but like, I don't think I've ever said that. That's one of the ones I like to keep in my back pocket, but it's out. You guys, well, I let the cat out of the bag. I'm sorry. No. Um, but uh, it's a very powerful org for sure. As we were talking about marketplace, like one of the metrics that matter, um, you get into these situations where the customer doesn't understand, you need some help. Uh, and that CA organization is absolutely like a, jump smoke in the fire, go help me with procurement, like help me figure out why this thing's stuck because we all want to get to revenue together. That's right. Yeah. And we've had a, a few ones where even like Stephen Hayes, right, was was shocked that this huge, huge multi, you know, billion dollar company did not ha- know how to transact through the marketplace. And, uh, and everybody was shocked that they had never done a private offer on AWS marketplace. So- uh, it's, yeah, it's it's pretty like it's pretty common. And the bigger companies you get into, the more foreign concept is, right? We talked yeah. about segments and the segments that you work with or you found as your ideal customer. Those ones are pretty marketplace savvy, but yep. there's a lot that this is just a new concept. And and you know, behind the scenes, I won't get into details, but that's really important for AWS too. Like you just said. An interesting gift is I just introduced this big customer to the marketplace for the first time. Yeah. Um, uh, just another secret. I actually ask AWS to track that for me every year. Oh, so wow. I know two years ago, 88, last year was 93. 
And I keep that up here because I know those are super valuable metrics. Anytime I'm talking to someone in the marketplace or who cares about that service, that's an awesome metric. I introduced 93 customers. First thing they ever bought through the marketplace was my stuff. That's pretty cool. That's you can awesome. make a lot of fun about some of those things too. Yeah. yeah, no one's ever asked that question before, I guess. Like, I, they always tell me, like, you're the only one that's kind of asked for that before. So That's awesome. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. So, See, this is all right. Well, <laughs> <Patty Shack. laughs> and this is a good example. I'm, I'm now I'm plugging Barless and Awesome Partners in the consulting arm of Caddyshack. But this this is obviously like kind of how some of these conversations go on, right? Sometimes they're over chat and sometimes they're face to face. Sometimes they're at events. Um all right, so then like wrap me around, right? Now co-build. Yes. Uh, I would always argue you might start with co-build, but it's also the hardest most impactful thing. So I I think it's probably an end. Like when you think about that area, like what comes to mind? What do you think about as the CAD for the company and like what are you guys doing with and building with AWS? Like how what's that? Yeah, so it's the way you phrased it is, is very comical because it's like literally the problems that I'm having today, right? Like it was the first thing we wanted to do and it was probably the hardest lift. So we decided to park it and, and move along. Um, I think now we're at a much better spot to where, you know, a lot of the stuff that ProsperOps is doing with these commit instruments, we, we've always taken the terms and services that AWS has for these saving instruments, very, very important on how we build. But yeah, I would say about three, four months ago, we started having conversations with like the RDS person that manages the go-to-market for all of the RIs that are used for RDS, right? Elasticash, et cetera. Same thing with Compute. We're having more conversations with those teams. Um, the reason for that is we want to make sure that the co-build, that whatever we're building too is going to be within lines with what AWS wants, but also we want to build really the best tool for the customer that they can consume AWS with um, and not have any issues with, have it be automated, you know, really deliver on, on what we've done since day one. So I think co-build's barely starting to grow at ProsperOps with AWS. And it's definitely something we want to focus on, or at least for myself, want to focus a little bit more on uh, maybe like Q4 and then start of 2024. Um, for Prosper Ops. Let me ask you a question. Any, uh, that's okay. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, of course. So, um, and I'm going to do a shameless plug here, but, uh, so, uh, Caddyshack is going to start doing, uh, training for sales. One of the things that I really want to see from partners and CADs pushing this year or the next calendar year, 12 months is to start taking when they're selling their own product to also start talking about other AWS products, pick one or two or three, whatever it is, even if it has nothing to do with your product, right? Like your, let's say your yours is ProsperOps, you do cost optimization and you might start throwing out things like, hey, have you talked to your customer about uh, your, your, mark, your um, uh, account manager about working off the edge? So your data out costs aren't quite as much. Or uh, talking about a particular product like, hey, are you taking advantage of all your CloudTrail, CloudWatch, and making your salespeople an expert on an AWS product that has nothing to do with you, but is something that you bring up so that when you do turn in every single opportunity, 
you put into it in the uh, a boilerplate description in your uh, opportunity. Oh, by the way, we always talk about these two products in our sales conversations with all of our customers. Would you mind adding these as opportunities into your system? Hashtag ProsperOps. Most people and even the experts here will tell you that they will do that with products that pertain to them, products that they drag in, as we've talked about drag to ad nauseum. But no one has talked about, look, we can we can multiply AWS sales kind of knowledge by saying, hey, look, I'm going to treat 2023. We're going to talk about uh, CloudTrail salespeople at ProsperOps. So every single time you talk to your sales, you're doing all this. Oh, by the way, did you know that if you had CloudTrail, this would also help you out? Has nothing to do with ProsperOps, but you can take advantage of that customer then adding that little bit of sale. And so at the end of the year, when you go back to AWS, you're asking for your MDF, you're dealing your SIL, you're doing your SCA, whatever secret sauce you're adding to your whole program, you can say, hey, go to salesforce.com, pull up all, uh, pull up a report on everything that says hashtag ProsperOps. And now that that one product that you focused on for the year with your sales team is now, and has nothing to do with you, is now being at, attributed to ProsperOps. I'd like to see that in our training coming up in Q4 so we can add those little things to it so we can increase the revenue that you're responsible for, not necessarily what you're closing. So actually I, I will tell you sometimes you're a mad genius because that is an interesting concept. And since yeah, you and I talked about that, I've actually tested it with a couple of reps. I tried with one yesterday. Um, I think the hardest part, I'll challenge you. The hardest part is those services are all shared services, right? And in many ways you're right. Even if I know my drag to CloudTrail, S3, whatever. These are pretty impactful shared services. And so they're really hard. I think directionally you can say, hey, since they've implemented our stuff, that's one of the questions I asked Jesus was like, what happened to that? Now they see billing. So they clearly know what's happened to billing. Most yep. of us don't see billing. So it's really hard to attach like, you know, Lacework does use CloudTrail a lot, but like most of the time, I don't know, CloudTrail is probably on. I'm not really tracking where I turned it on, that might be the interesting metric is if it was zero and then it became one, like I turned on a new service and you're right, there's an opportunity attached to us because of that new service and like, let's say the annual spend associated with it. The challenge yeah. I've found, because I've, I've dug this around so far, unless I'm curious, really hard to get micro cloud spend and really hard to get a PDM, the AE, to share that stuff. Cause I'm like, don't tell me, I don't need to know, but like, what was the percentage? What was, I'm trying to anonymize that. I just think yeah. it's really hard in practice, but I do agree. If you, if you and your business and it's something where you are turning on something net new and then you can run that, I totally agree. You can attach to that in a meaningful way. Um, it just gets really hard to guess or to like, because then there has to be some kind of net new billing and the account manager has to know like, I don't know. You have to close that thing out. It, I think it's hard in practice. Maybe I'm wrong, but what do you think? I, I don't know if it's really, you know, everything at AWS is an escalate culture, right? So if you can get to 
the one person that cares about that product, right? There's a practice lead who's in charge of CloudWatch. I'm going to guess it's Ryan Orsi, right? So you get Ryan Orsi and you say, look, I've helped. This is is what I've helped increase the entire year. He's going to say, yeah, 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 sure. Just like what you said. Everyone turns on CloudWatch. How do I know that it's because of you? All right, great. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have you or one of your underlings or anybody go into salesforce.com, create a report. Anyone can do it at AWS, like anybody. It's not even a question. Go in and you create a report that says hashtag lacework in the subject line. If you find anything there that says that, I want you to pull it up. Now, whether it's closed or it's not closed is immaterial. The only thing that matters is that you are talking about AWS products. And if of those that you've mentioned, they look it up and they say 50% of these have do have CloudTrail on them and they started this year, yeah. then you can make that case that this was done because of you. And the only one that cares about it is going to be the practice leap, right? No one really else cares about it. But at that point, you've made yourself a friend for life. So yeah. that's where you can yeah. point out at your your QBR, your annual, like how how good of a partner am I? Go ask Ryan Orsi how good of a partner I am. That's so, that's yeah. where those those kind of things come in. So we, we hey, I mean, started, I was going to say, so we've started to do like a hashtag off when we create a PO, um, and we'll attach exactly what you're saying, Barlis like two things that come up when prosper ops comes up. But the idea behind it is that exactly that, like we can now show AWS when they pull like a Salesforce report that every prosper ops deal has those two services attached to it, but we, we can't show the monetary piece. I think that would be the only hard. Cause it'd be really great to be like, like not only, yeah, we optimized right. And accounts grew 50%. But we also brought you another two hundred thousand last quarter, and you know, yeah, that's up. not gonna that's not gonna happen without having that proprietary information that you can give out that AWS will let you have. That is the hard part: is getting the very sensitive, very protected billing data of a customer, which I don't want. I don't need it. I just need the story and like the percent hey. growth or something. But so that's easy. I, that's I mean, easy it, to get. It's interesting. What what you do yeah. is you get someone to pull that report. Yeah. You can't open that link because you're not in the VPN. But if no, you no, have no. if you have the link, anytime an account manager says, prove to me that you do this. Oh well here's a link. I can't open it, but you can and you can see you can see for yourself using an AWS link what I do. And, you know, that's not that hard to get. Yeah, I would say that's definitely a conversation, you know, start with your PDM. But yeah, someone's going to have to go or, you know, any of your ISMs, if you're focused in a territory, you're focused on that. That's probably a good conversation. So and escalate kind of often. running. Anyone says no, escalate, escalate, escalate. It's an escalate culture. So I never do that. I think it's so weird. All right. So, All right. so uh, we're, we're coming. We're end. we're definitely yeah. well so. over our time. But um, Jesus, congratulations on on getting the award. You definitely deserve it. Um, 
tell Stephen Hayes uh, that he made the right choice in hiring you to do this particular job. You're made for it. You're an awesome guy. We love having you as one of the founding members uh, at, at Caddyshack. You were there from the very beginning, uh, day one. So thanks for being a part of Caddyshack. No, thank you guys. Man. So I would say just take us home. Like, again, you've been doing this under Brett's wing, kind of learning the ropes, right? Now you've been doing this for a year plus on your own. If you had to walk away and tell someone new who maybe wants to do this, like you or follow your path or you're recruiting and you're hiring and you need someone, like what were your top three like lessons learned? I, I have that joke. I say, I jumped in the DeLorean. I go back in time. You go back in time a year ago. What were either your lessons learned or what would you have done differently? Yeah, I, I think the, the three ones would be, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Right. You're going to try stuff here that doesn't work all the time and, and you just regroup. Um, have a good follow up. I think that's the second one that I see with people is, you know, if you're going to say some, do something, say something, do it. Right. Like if you're promising a, an AM or a PSM or somebody at AWS or a partner that you're going to send something, like try to send it within the next couple of hours. Don't, don't completely forget about it. Um, Cause water uh, and, and the third one that goes off that is be very aware of how you treat and interact with AWS because they have a very big water cooler culture that if you do do something bad, it's it's going to get across and, you know, it's going to ruin you pretty bad. So, you know, I try to treat everybody. I mean, I, I do this in my personal life as well, but I try to treat everybody I'm on the phone like, like I would want to be treated myself. So I would say those three things, right? I, I keep it really simple. I'm not like, oh, you got to have this data and stuff. Like, I think the simple things is what has carried me across channel into alliances. And um, it's worked so far for me. So words of wisdom, Jesus to Prosperop. So to Gay, thank you very much for joining us. Wrapping up episode number seven. Uh, it's great to keep this going. So we'll uh, we'll have more guests. We'll have more stuff. If you have any comments, let us know. You want to be on the show, recommend someone, let us know. And we thank everyone for their time. Yeah. And the next one is going to be uh, Dell. Oh, technology. So, all right. Two more weeks, Dell technology. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. I'm trying to turn the recording off.